0: There
1: is hope for us, yet We are young, we are away I am
0: Holly Whitaker. There is no time for And despair. I am Laura McCowan. And, no and this, this is Home
1: Podcast.
0: And so with would begin. Oh, I just
1: learned that Laura hates my voice when I'm sick.
0: And don't
1: meet your wife Laura's a dick. I wouldn't want to listen to it for an hour if I was someone else. <laughs> what you're missing is that I've been sick on a lot of the episodes. So, anyway, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, apparently, I'm just intolerable to sound, uh, listen to. Anyway, okay. So, hi. Hello. <laughs> let's, hi. let's talk about women's solidarity. Um, mm-hmm. How are you? I mean, we just, like... Um, we just had a like really
0: crazy weekend. You want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, it was. It's. I could barely wake up this morning, and I kept, I set my alarm for. I usually don't have to set an alarm, but I set an alarm for I think six thirty, and I slept until almost nine. Yeah, I paused because I feel like people are stabbing me with their minds right now. Oh, wait, because it's Monday, but they don't know that. I didn't even know it was Monday. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I i, I would have stabbed me with my their mind, too. I just, I worked all day yesterday. I worked all weekend, really. Um, yeah, so. I mean, you kind
1: of never, like, you and I both have kind of one of these things where it just never really stops. Um, yeah, so. so it's not so like Monday slacker.
0: But it's just, it's still, I woke up and I'm... I was um, thinking, God, my body is just dead tired, but it makes sense. I mean, there was the inauguration this weekend, and then the March, the Women's March, which we both went to in our cities, and then I taught a workshop yesterday, and there's just There's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. A lot
1: happened at once. I mean, last week was Martin Luther King Day, um, which is always like a big deal. I don't, it's like Mm -hmm. probably one of the few days I celebrate that we're supposed to, you know, take observance. Um, And then, and then it was my birthday and then it was the inauguration or no. And oh my God, it was my birthday on the, yeah, it was my birthday, birthday inauguration. And then, um, which I which I didn't even like you. I got that tattoo that day, and I um, was going to get a different saying on it, and then I mm-hmm. changed my mind at the last minute, and then you gave me Romans five eight. So it's just so weird. It was mm-hmm. uh, I loved you at your darkest, and it was mm-hmm. that day it didn't even not even intentional, and yet, um, yeah. And then the march, and I, um, yeah, I don't feel like so tired. Um, I just uh, I'm feeling a little floaty right like a little Mm -hmm. like is this your
0: life um yeah me too i don't i feel very ungrounded today like wait where am i supposed to be what am i what 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 do i focus on i know (laughs) what do i focus on first uh it's a little bit of an overwhelming feeling i know yeah
1: right it is it's a it's a feeling of um where do we where do we start and
0: um yeah um so yeah but I'm good. I mean, otherwise, I, I feel good. I have a retreat coming up this weekend, and I you know there's there's there is a lot of good happening um, as well, you know, among uh, amidst all of uh, what seems to be very heavy. There's a lot of really good things happening, not for me, not for me personally, but just in our communities, right? Like there it feels like there is a break, uh, some really wonderful things rising up out of this sort of what feels like um a heavy heavy time
1: right and um you know it's 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 one of those things where it's it's heavy cuz we're noticing it it's not like it just got heavy i mean yeah, it's right, one of those right. things that just makes me a little crazy we're like it just broke it's been so I broken know, I know. And it's been so heavy it's just the exposure of the heaviness and, and really like seeing what's what's like actually it's not even no, it's seeing. It's looking at it. It's lighting up yeah. the places that we've collectively exiled um said not my problem to and all of a sudden it feels like our problem and so it's it's this it is this collective heaviness because the amount of despair is now more widespread it's not just carried by a few um and it's one of those things where i feel like yes it is so broken it is really i mean but also it's it's in the brokenness that I think we, we actually can do something. And, and also it's the right, right. You said it's the rising and it is this rising that is prophesied, right? Like if you're a Kundalini Yogi, the Aquarian age is, is rising. If you're a, uh, if you're a goddess feminist, <laughs> this is the divine feminine rising. Mm-hmm. This, you know, it's, it's like when you look around, you can see these signs of, of, um, this spark of, of new growth. And, um, in very dark times you know um so
0: yeah and I think uh, absolutely and I think that the sort of weirdness I feel is okay so I'm still in I'm in my life like how do I how am I you know what do I do as a person just in or because we don't stop living our lives and you know I have I'm picking up my daughter today at three thirty, and she's what you know I'm gonna have dinner with her and and I need to do a bunch of laundry like it's it's I guess what I feel so often is um, this pull between daily life what we do in our daily life and these much bigger things it's like um, what was that quote I wake up today and um, I had to decide between wanting to enjoy my life or or change the world or something like that (laughs) do you know what I'm talking about Yeah, but I don't see how they're separate. They're not separate, but they're not separate. But what I'm saying is it's – I struggle with that. Like do I – I struggle with today. Okay, today. Do I – do I like take a nap and go running and just watch some – mindless tv and you know put off things till tomorrow or, or what do i do like what does my daily life look like i struggle with that i don't well i struggle you know. with
1: what my daily life looks like every second of yeah. every day um <laughs> but i think that there's this like idea that's like that sacrifices like is is bleak and I think like you first of all I think you're already doing I think what you do in your life and and, like every day how many women do you talk to I mean what do you do for a living again you you help women find themselves and really like I think the sickness that we all feel is this 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 sickness within um and for us to like serve we have to serve ourselves first and, and not in like this you know not in the selfish way, but in this, I'm going to heal myself so I can do my good work. But, um, right. but I mean, that's your work first. Yeah. But also I just, I mean, I struggle and I'm not denying what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, but there's, I do think there's this idea that it's like, uh, like now the party's over. And I think like, yeah. this right. is more of the idea of like, let's go to like, it's like what, what um, I wrote about when, Daniel Laporte when I found that Daniel Laporte quote be willing to ruin the party and Mm -hmm. it's like this party's not working you know yeah. Like this yeah. one's just not working. You know, we even for us, even for the ones that are privileged. And um uh-huh. like it's more like let's actually like make the real party. And the real party was this weekend, right? Like that was yeah. like that that like being, you know, in LA there were 750,000 people and they weren't all there for the same exact reason, you know. There uh-huh. were some people there for reproductive rights, and there were some people there um you know because they hated Trump, and there were some people there because they're afraid of being deported. Um, there mm-hmm. were people there that were, you know, that have been fighting the same fight for years, um, people of color. And there was just like this sense of, we were all there, but we were all like, actually like there was so much kindness in that space, yes. you know, that you don't find on this, this morning I was like, mm-hmm. I made, eye con, like, you know, I make eye contact now a lot cause I live downtown and people make eye contact down here and it's like infectious mm-hmm. and, um, there is a sense of like when you actually were in that bubble of that march, you would when you look at somebody, there was a um a knowing and you didn't even have to say anything you were like oh like you like you saw each other and and I know like it's because you knew you knew what that person's about you knew that what that person was there, and then like but on the street, there is this sense of like. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I don't know you in this way mm-hmm. that you you knew the. I I don't know how to explain it. I'm not doing a very good no, job. I get it.
0: it. I get it. It, it. I know exactly what you mean. But that's um, the kind of
1: party I want. That's like that's you know that's that's better. Anyway. So can so, <laughs> we talk
0: about what we're what this episode is about? And do you have anything first? Well, this isn't going to air for a, a couple of months. So are can we doing? Pre- no, no, no. We're doing Azita. Oh good, okay. Yeah, this uh, is gonna air this you, week. Do <laughs> you had so what do you have anything you wanna talk about that's coming up? promote? Um yes, I am there's two things one
1: if you are in the Los Angeles area I am now teaching yoga classes Um, I know it's so exciting it's a kundalini class and I love teaching kundalini it's like my thing so Mm -hmm. I'm teaching kundalini on Thursday nights at Evoke Yoga in downtown Los Angeles Um, it's a small studio I think it could possibly fit like maybe at most 30 people in the room Um, but um, 30
0: is not a small class well
1: I mean it's anyways um, I think that's it's I'm saying it's a small room if we maxed it it could fit 30 people (laughs) um but and yes I think 30 is a small class anyway um but it is uh, starting at 7.30 this Thursday, and then it'll go every Thursday thereafter. Um, and that's the first okay. thing. And then the second thing is that you and I are going to start doing workshops. And we just uh, announced our first one, mm-hmm. um, Never Not Broken. We're doing uh, four-hour workshops around the United States this year. And we're just sticking with six cities uh, to start with, San Francisco, New York, Boston, uh, Chicago, Austin, Denver, and um oh, and l so I guess seven. Um, yeah, seven. So anyway, um, that is right now. It's on. You have to check out Laura's site because my site I didn't put my events page up yet, um, which is just lauramcowan.com forward slash events. Um, and we think the one in South Boston, this first one is in Boston on March twenty sixth, Sunday, March twenty sixth, one to five pm. And we, th- I think it'll probably sell out. Um, so yeah. make sure and get on it. Um,
0: and that's yes, it. Yes, I'm so excited.
1: I know, me too.
0: Yeah, I, what have about a, you? I, have a, I have a couple things. So in addition to our event, uh, I have, let's see, I will be doing the Art of Bravery Workshop in New York on February 12th. I think there are only one or two spots left for that studio um, as of last week. So that's at Sky Team Yoga in Manhattan. And then I have two retreats coming up. One uh, is in San Luis Obispo, California, in April with Meadow DeVore, um, April 6th through the 9th. And then I'm putting up today, uh, we have a retreat, another retreat with Meadow um, that we are doing in the beginning of June, the first weekend in June uh, in Colorado. That's awesome. the mountains yeah red feather lakes at the Shem, um hey you yeah. just announced that have you,
1: have you just announcing that
0: yeah i'm just announcing that that's not oh even my god my i want to come to
1: that damn come. i know it's, i will i'm gonna come to one of yours this year but i the, the summers before the summer is crazy so i will yeah. i'll we'll do i'll probably do one after i get back from europe
0: yeah yes uh, so that I'm I'm super excited about that one Colorado uh,
1: state right in the in yeah. June uh. um, I know, that's in so exciting yeah I really am looking forward to coming to one of your guys's workshops um, you. and then we should also say that she recovers there's only 30 tickets left and she recovers is gonna be like the thing um She recovers NYC, uh, which is May fifth through seventh of this year, and that's and it's huge. I mean, there's there's going Mm -hmm. to be um, I mean, Marion Williamson's there, Gabby Bernstein's there, Elizabeth Vargas is there, Uh, Taryn Strong's going to be teaching yoga, Elena Brower is going to be teaching yoga, and Glennon is going to be there. (laughs) I'm forgetting one. Oh, right. Oh, (laughs) Glennon, the one, the one. Um, And that's so that's May fifth six and seventh, there's not many tickets it doesn't cost that much I mean New York costs a lot but but also the event does not cost that much um and for what you get um and not only that there's it's small there's not going to be a huge number of us so it'll be real intimate and um I mean it's I don't know I it's it's probably going to blow all of my introvert circuits but I'm totally <laughs> <right>? I'm
0: terrified
1: <laughs> I'm like gonna, die after it but i'm i'm just so looking forward to spending time with all of all of our women so there's only 30 tickets left if you're thinking about doing it get on it and go to she dot co forward slash myc what's dot co is dot co canadian it's not a canadian thing uh
0: i don't know yeah. i thought it was company i think it's like dot company but but I think dot. I don't know who Those Canadians f- are crazy. They
1: are crazy. They're crazy. All right. So we are today doing a uh, an interview with my friend uh, Azita Nahai. And Azita, I met at a um, kundalini training years ago, um, and immediately when I saw her, I just I don't know. It's one of those things we we talk about it on this. When you sometimes when you meet people, you have this. You know that you're going to be. You know that person's important before you even mm-hmm. say a word to them, and that's how I felt about her when I first met her. And um, I, I kind of kept tabs on her. This was 2014. This was a week after I left my job. This was in New Mexico at this retreat in at the ashram, the uh, Kundalini Ashram in Espidol. And, um, and then when you and I were with um, at Rob and Liz, uh, mm-hmm. I she was she and I bumped like literally bumped into each other, and. I yeah, right? And uh and so it's just one of those things like where you can't deny, you know, that people are being thrown into your life and um so Azita is she's in recovery and she's in recovery from what she would I think she would deem love addiction. She's, you know, in, in an abusive relationship for years that she gets into and we've never talked about this on our show and so I'm really excited for that yeah. aspect of it. Um but also she is, she's remarkable. She's a Kundalini teacher in which she, and also she's a PhD and she's, she's taken, you know, her wound, she's taken her wound and she's yeah. made something so large of it. And, um, and it's just, it's, it's exactly the kind of, it's exactly the kind of thing that that um, makes us pass so rewarding because this you know we talk about this all the time you know we resist landing here, but then when we do and we kind of split wide open we understand that this was because there was something inside that Whatever needed to come far. out right mm-hmm. so she's I mean she's taken her her own experience and and she's actually you know made a career out of it and and she also has developed a program. Um, called you know, she's worked with Vessel Banderkolk who we've talked about on the show and a mm-hmm. lot of these Peter Levine, a lot of these like mind body people. Um, and what she's done with it is created something called trauma to Dharma, which is, you know, we all have trauma to some extent. Some of us have severe trauma. And what she's done is taken that and she's codified it and made a program that she teaches and also is writing a book on and also will have an e course on um, that helps people actually gives them a roadmap to move through um, uh, to move through, to move through trauma, and not only move through trauma, but actually um, use it to find your dharma. And when we say dharma, we just mean the reason you're here, purpose, your life, your purpose, right? right your dharma um, uh, in be living in line with 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 all of with, with why you're here. So. It's a it's a fascinating conversation, not just for her story, not just for her spirit. And, and she's just like we told Laura, she's one of those people that's so nice. She actually she makes me feel so selfish. Like she's, like she's like, she remembers that you're teaching your workshop. And I was like, oh, yeah, that. Um, you're like, yeah. I don't yeah. That. What? <laughs> Laura's teaching a workshop today. Um, no, she's just she's she's really like and she's real. Um, she's, you know, she's. Like she's a real, she's the real deal. So anyway, this is, this is a really beautiful conversation and important conversation that I'm excited that we, that we had. So without further ado, is there anything you want to say by the way?
0: No, that was perfect.
1: Okay. Um, You can find her at com. So that is A-Z-I-T-A-N-A-H-A-I.com. And she also, she teaches yoga in Los Angeles at Yoga West and also at Golden Bridge. She's a uh, kundalini teacher. So, all right, shall we? Here she is. Here she is.
0: Here
2: we go.
1: Guys, good morning, good morning, rise and shine, I know, I don't know why the fuck we planned this for 6.30, anybody? <laughs> Can we discuss that? I, 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 I was wondering
0: that, it, that for you guys, I mean it's great for me, but.
1: I
3: know, I get, I'm like, oh I guess we must be doing it for Laura's over on the east coast, but I'm like. Although I am up early So I guess it's okay Maybe,
1: yeah I think And and I am too I just always like Find myself wondering I mean, I actually like it I like recording early in the morning Because I feel um, I feel like it's my best stuff Usually Like my thoughts are clear But also um, Yeah Anyway Happy Early and you also, ass You have your bedroom voice <laughs> Well, yeah. i And I'm sick too Like um, That's not bedroom voice no. That's phlegm voice No okay. Um <laughs> Yummy. So it's Sunday and it's after. I didn't oil pull yet. No. mm I will later on today. Um, do you do that? Do oil I pull? Do
3: with co- I do with coconut oil.
1: I do it with coconut oil. part
3: co- of my morning ritual. Nice. And it's been life changing. Yeah.
1: I know. I know. It's super good. I do it with tea tree oil too. Um, which I don't know if it's great or if it isn't great. But I just like can't stand just the straight of coconut. Um Okay, so it's Sunday, and it's Sunday, January 22nd. It's the day after the march, and we all marched. Um, There were 750,000 people that showed up in Los Angeles, which is...
3: And we were wondering why we couldn't march. I mean, we couldn't move.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, really? I didn't realize there were that many. I don't know the count in Boston yet. Um, It wasn't that big, I don't think. It was...
1: I tagged you in an aerial shot of it, Laura, on, on DocuMedia. Um, but it was crazy. It was. You're right. Like, so, where did you start from, Azita? like where? What part? We started. We I mean, we got
3: dropped off at like Pershing, and then walked towards Fifth and uh, Hill. Yeah. So we started there, but we started there and we stayed there. <laughs> and we, we didn't. Move. I mean, it took forever to start moving, and yeah. then eventually we all so- slowly started to mobilize and split off th- down different alleys and different yeah. streets, and ended up ended up making our way up to um, City Hall. Yeah. Or sp- yeah oh my gosh it was i mean i'm it's, i'm- i'm just having a love hangover today
1: it was it was a really big deal, and also it was um i mean the the i think one of the most surprising things was how many people were together in, in peace. Um, there was one fight. Yeah. There was actually one fight. Some guy walked through. Really? It was between two men. Um, one man was walking through the crowd the wrong way. And then this man, like, pushed, like, like confronted him because he was walking through the crowd the wrong way at the beginning, before yeah. we even started. And they started to fight. And I just literally screamed no. Um, like, because it was just, it was crazy. And it was men. And I was I was so pissed. And I was like, this is why it's a woman's march. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just, anyway, um, but other than that, it was like, and that, that, that dissipated really peacefully, even though they pushed each other and wanted to brawl. Mm. Um, it was like, it was just so beautifully peaceful and kind and so many different agendas and different reasons why people were together um, in harmony, you know, it's
3: just. Oh my gosh, it really was. It reminded me of, um, which you'll hear my story, but when I was in treatment and everyone's so vulnerable yeah. everyone shows up with like here this is why I'm here like what are you in for what are you in for what's your pain and it's like in that moment we're all like okay all right I can meet you in my vulnerability I mean I was I, between crying and cheering and screaming yeah. and kicking <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it was the same yeah. Boston's yeah. usually very um I mean, it's ha- it's harsh. It's like a hard city, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> um, and it was it felt so different than any anything I've ever been to here for sure. Yeah. yeah. How cold so is 100... it? Was, is it really cold out there? No, it was beautiful yesterday. It was like forty five, fifty degrees.
1: Oh great. wow. <laughs> Which is ter- <laughs> like terrifyingly freezing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. But for him,
1: it's like, it's that good cold. That's like, yeah, yeah. the crisp yeah. cold.
3: Yeah. 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 No, we're pussies over here. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so Azita, welcome to this. Um, so we're going to just have you kind of roll with your story to so you and I met, um, you and I met, uh, oh my God, when was it? It was 2014. We were at a Kundalini training for addiction recovery. And, yeah. um, and you and I, and, and it was one that I ran from. That was actually what I like, <laughs> <laughs> I literally ran from, um, that was kind of when I confronted my issues with Kundalini yoga, um, which I've, yeah. you know, since worked through, but you and I met there. Um, and I, it was just funny because I, I you were with another girl and I, for some reason felt like I had met you both before and, um, and, and I had not I'd never met either of you. Um, the other girl is she's good friends with Gabby Bernstein and she thought that maybe I'd seen her on, on Gabby's feed. Um, but I honestly like went back through and, and I don't think that was it. I just, it was just one of those things where you feel drawn to, to someone. And I also, um, then you and I again um, and I just remembered you it was just interesting because I really I remembered you and I, I was even following you on Instagram and then um, and then you and I ran into each other at um, when when Laura was in town and we were at Elizabeth Gilbert and um yes. Rob Bell and Rob Bell yes yeah yeah and it was just like it's just one of those things where you meet somebody but you also know I mean for me on my end where it's just um like we like we go way back um even though we've just met and then we went to lunch and and we had we had a really or we went to coffee and then we had just yeah. a really lovely exchange and and we got into I mean what you've done since that addiction that addiction training um which was I mean it was pivotal for both of us I think it was, um, and decided that it would be really lovely because your work. I mean, you're in you're in recovery, and also you're, you're a kudalini teacher, and also you've just graduated with a PhD. You just got your your PhD from. Um, in, in what 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 exactly? i It's in
3: human development. Yeah, human development, which like sits with an emphasis. My specialization is trauma work.
1: Yes. Yeah. And now you lead a and now you lead a workshop called Trauma to Dharma, as well as you're writing a book on on the ma- on the subject matter yeah. and on how we turn on how we turn our shit into into our life's calling. Um, yeah, into fertilizer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, and so I I'm just like I, I want you to just start maybe um, at the beginning yeah. and, and just talk about you know um, how you ended up where you ended up. Um, you're you know. Your addictions and your and your trauma and how you ended up um, in a in a Kundalini yoga class and
3: oh god that's the best yeah I well, yeah because let's say I did not plan that we don't plan to all of a sudden be wearing white with a little like white head covering and chanting on <laughs> that <Never>. was
1: not <laughs> never I
3: mean we're all teaching yoga in some fashion right you too Lori it may not be Kundalini but you're like really mm-hmm. and this was the plan got it all right right Understood. totally. Uh, uh, but first, I, Holly, I so get it. It's it's those soul contracts. You meet these people, and you're like, "Hey, good to see you again." Yeah. And I know, I know, it, it was just one of those moments with you where I knew when I saw you at um, at Wonderlust, I, I knew. I thought, okay. Yeah, right. It's, this this is a reunion of sorts. And I know. I mean, lifetime, so it, it it never ceases to amaze me when we do fall into connecting to kindred spirits, because it's, it's it's that little giggly moment. That's why when you girls first called, I'm like, I might be a little giggly because I tend to giggle around <laughs> um, kindred spirits. So. Totally. <laughs> so it's, it's so sweet. But so how, oh my goodness, my story. I mean, Kundalini sort of happened again as a... Oh my goodness! God bless my parents. I I was engrossed for six years in my twenties in an abusive relationship, <laughs> and I say God bless my parents because they were standing on the outside trying to bang through the window to get in and couldn't. And um, so I had sort of fallen into, you know, this. This mire of physical, mental, sexual abuse, just across the board. It wasn't fun. It um, and while I was sort of disconnected from family and friends, my my parents. These are Persian Jews from Beverly Hills, you know, who immigrants <laughs> who were at their wit's end of how to help me. Um, they found my teacher Guru Singh, and Guru, Guru Singh is this master Kundalini yoga teacher here in Los Angeles, and they they met him and they realized if there's anyone that's going to get through to her, because I was so nonconforming. I was such a rebel. Like this, this relationship was almost like a fuck you to my upbringing, but it ultimately was, you know,
1: and this is one <laughs> relationship.
0: Wait. Yeah. 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 I want Wait, to slow down because yes. I want to hear about, I want to hear about the relationship. I know the it's relationship. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. As an abuse
3: survivor. I love when I say abuse survivor too. It's sort of like hi, if, if, we're, if we're still living in life, then we're all abuse survivors. Uh, yeah. So I met in my, I had graduated college and had moved back to Los Angeles from San Diego and immediately fell into the charm of this older man. He's about 11 years older than me. And I was looking for it. I was looking for some kind of an escape and immediately fell into this relationship, um, which of course started out impassioned and, and, you know, Unbelievably, just sexual, and and for me, all not realizing my my own love addiction. How and old were you? I was at that point. I was twenty two. Okay. So twenty two, fresh out of college, not really understanding the symptoms of of. Love addiction, or you know, or even co sex, you know, co sex and love addiction, and felt you know, for me it was like, okay, if you, you know, already the whole idea of body objectification, the the othering like, as long as I get some sort of man that sees me in a way that I can't see me, we're good. Right. And so, this, you know, here, here comes this man, he shows up and, and completely you know, showers me with everything I want to hear, which I never had, you know, personally gotten to hear, which is, you're amazing, you're wonderful, it charms me into a relationship, but not only a relationship, but a business. So, which was brilliant, because he couldn't, we couldn't get, you know, he couldn't marry a whole bunch of women, but what he could do was woo them and fall into a relationship with them and then form businesses with them. So then we've got this contract Mm. so so yeah. now we're not only enmeshed in a personal relationship but now we've got this you know contractual relationship and so that's I'm 22 I'm out of college and I'm excited about life and and working I'm a preschool teacher I'm teaching preschool but I'm believing like there's more to me and I want to be more creative so we open up a you know a, a children's bookstore because he had the retail background and next thing you know I'm now engrossed in this relationship where over time, <laughs> as much as you'd like to think your, your situation is so unique and personal, it was so textbook.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I,
3: I went through the typical, I mean, I don't know how many are familiar with just, you know, the power and control wheel and, and where it, it's so insidious and it's so pervasive and it starts slow. It starts out with the intellectual abuse and the the verbal abuse and just being told you're not good enough or if you didn't have me, you'd have no one. And then it's the the jealousy of why are you spending so much time with your friends and other people and your family? And so of course you take jealousy as oh my God, this is how much he loves me. Yeah.
1: Right. right. Right? Yeah.
3: My God, he loves me this much that he wants me all to himself. And so, you know, in my disease mind, everything was fed w- with, Oh, this is love. And and he also, I had I mean, I had found the perfect I found a monster bigger than the one that lived in, inside me that uh, could basically mirror everything that I was already hearing, you know, and saying to myself. So yeah. it was let me find let me find bigger pain. Let me find bigger pain outside of myself so that I don't have to actually deal with this pain inside that I've had pretty much my whole as an immigrant child moving here from when I was at the age of four and, you know, as a Persian Jew moving to Los Angeles during the, you know, this is during the Iran hostage crisis. So you can imagine being, I mean, Laura, you've got a daughter. I mean, you can imagine, you know, as like four years old, five years old, going to school and being like told, go back to your own country. Your parents are terrorists. And you're thinking here at that age developmentally, you're thinking, well, well, my home where I was, they didn't like us either and now i'm here and they don't like me here so those early messages start, i mean they were so early and they were so they were so yeah. poignantly painful and it was something i carried with me now into this relationship so here's this man who's now basically getting to tell me everything i already believed mm-hmm. which is you're not good enough no one else is going to pick you up you're lucky you even have me and so what started out is just Intellectual and verbal and and, and really deep seated emotional abuse, then eventually turned into uh, to physical abuse, physical abuse. And I always used to say he was unbelievably smart because he never gave me a black eye or mm-hmm. you know anything that anybody could see. The only ones who ever noticed um, any bruises that I had was my waxing lady.
2: God. Really. really.
3: She, you know, because I'd go in to get waxed, you know, to get like my Brazilian wax or whatnot. She'd be like, and what's this? And, you know, it's the typical, I was the typical, you know, I was the typical woman with like the stock syndrome. I loved him. He yeah. was my savior. I would do anything to protect him and to protect my pain and to protect my wounds because I wanted the wounds to work. And yeah, and so that became a six-year a six-year, you know, battle, a six-year relationship of which most of the abuse consisted of sexual abuse. Um, and if you can feel free to chime in. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so,
0: so like w- what, um, because we've never, we've never talked about this before on the show. No. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, so
2: good,
0: I want to, I want to slow it down as, because um, my mind's just already kind of reeling. So do you know, like, do you have, have, you have no reference point, I'm assuming, starting a relationship at 22. Like, do you know that this doesn't feel good? Is there's what's your sort of emotional landscape through this?
3: You know, well, here, did I know it's interesting because in the beginning, I was still such, I was so young. I was so naive. I had had sex before. I had been in relationships before and Nothing really stuck. I mean, sweet boyfriends in college and high school, and and you know, but this this guy just came in. He was this. He almost kind of became my muse for a life. Like he just everything about him seemed so. I mean, the charm is unbelievable. And Mm -hmm. so when you're swept up, and I don't know that I was that connected to my body anyway.
1: Yeah.
3: I think immediately, you know, we fell into this and. It didn't matter whether I felt. I mean, I never orgasmed with him. I was almost too. I went into it in fear, but but that fear I looked at as excitement, right? And so, so early on, it was, oh, but he's liking it. He feels good. I mean, everything about me was other focused. I mean, everything. So it was, how can I? How can I serve this? How can I, okay, as long as I'm, I'm coming in and I'm going to save you and your business and your life, and you can use me and abuse me the best you can, but at least you won't leave me.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And so there wasn't a sense of, tra- there wasn't a sense of feeling trapped. There, there was more of a sense of feeling, um, like you n- feeling secure, like not secure, but feeling Correct. Okay. Feeling
3: a fix. I mean, this is where the addiction piece comes in, where the relationship addiction piece comes in. I think early on, I, I, I wanted this to work. I had just decided whether it felt good or it didn't. This for me felt like a ticket out of a life that I didn't want, which yeah. was so ironic yeah. because I had, you know, I, I wanted something bigger than the life I had, and and I've just somehow made him be my ticket out, no matter how painful. And mm-hmm. so, I, I sort of did everything to make it work and in the early in the early stages the abuse wasn't it it wasn't that bad so if it got me to stay it got me to stay it was almost as if it was this toxic dance of this push pull where I'd be like no no I try to leave and then he'd throw the niceties and he'd throw charm and then I'd stay and then next thing you know we're in a business together next thing you know you know we're we're now entangled in something that's harder to separate. And now I'm feeling the guilt of now having invested money in something. And then, and then the, then the, then the physical and the sexual abuse starts. And at that point, the, the blanket of shame had started to weigh me down so much that it was, I, I felt like I, there's no one I could go to.
0: Yeah. Right. So was it like a very, um, was it like you you just had your worlds with him? Like, people it was very separate. Yeah. Yeah, and it did, was sorry. Go on. No, no, and I'm just um I'm wondering when it starts to shift. Like when do you start to um cuz you didn't have the like you have the language for this now.
3: Yeah.
0: Right, but I'm assuming you d- really didn't then. No, what was happening was, then it was the, the language I had then. I mean, this is I'm
3: 22, now I'm 23, 24, moving back home, it's out of college. I'm that back then it was I have this this is a cool boyfriend. He's older you know, he's got tattoos. I mean, if you saw him on the street, that would be the guy you'd say, Oz, he looks like a psychopath. Cross back over and go the other way.
2: Really? I mean, it, <laughs> it, it,
3: you know, and so, but to me, it was like, he was the bad boy. He was the rebel, you know, it, that's what it was. It was like, yeah. you it to assholes because they were cool.
2: Yeah.
3: And, and and so for me, it almost became like, this is how different I am. I have this cool boyfriend. Okay, I won't let you know that I don't actually like it all the time, but I'm going to use this as this sort of badge of difference in my little world back yeah. home. Yeah. And so it was, I have this separate life and then I still had my family and my friends and I, I, you know, I kept it hidden enough so they didn't know, but over the years, they just started to catch on to, we don't see you as much and you're you're always late. You're lying. We're catching you in lies. And and for me, it, it didn't hit me until until my parents started to step in. And okay, and so,
0: so what happened then? Like, so what, what happened
3: then was you know besides that we don't like this guy. That part I got. I got the Great. I picked I picked the boyfriend. My parents like. Yay. I win. I'm the rebel. I'm different. Yeah. I'm not. So that almost fed me. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually, it became seeing, for me, it was seeing how distraught they became. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I started to see my mom in pain, and um, and then the guilt came in.
2: Mm, the yeah.
3: guilt, for me, it became this guilt of, so it was never about me. <laughs> I was still lost in all of this. It was still, so what got me to even consider possibly getting help was, oh my God, what was I doing to everybody else? Forget mm. what I what. what happening to my own body or to my own spirit it was wow they're they're look at I'm, I'm killing them yeah and so you know that really was enough like and that wasn't until about four years into this four years into the relationship that my parents had reached out to to my teacher as i had mentioned earlier had reached out to who wasn't my teacher then? Who you know? They, they reached out to this Sikh man with a white beard and the turban.
1: So <laughs> the Persian yeah. Jews reached out to a Sikh. Yes. Can you? Yes. How did they find him?
3: So my uncle, who I consider one of my one of my living human guardian angels, I think mean, he has he has wings underneath his little doctor's suit. <laughs> they, he heard Singh speak at like a memorial, and he called my mom up. and said, "If there's anyone who's going to get through to Oz, it's this guy." And my parents were so desperate that they said, all right. So they made an appointment. They went over to Guru Singh's where they're having a... My dad's having to use a shoehorn to take off his shoes. Sit in this cross-legged <laughs> in front of this. Is this
0: like super out of their element? I mean, as out of their element as yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. I'm imagining. I don't want to assume,
3: but <laughs> no, 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 I mean, if I could paint a pain picture, and they met with him, and they immediately felt okay. W- w- we're going to try this, and they made an appointment for me, and <laughs> I reluctantly. Decided, sure, I'll go. But I was pissed. I mean, I was pissed at the world. I was, I was, I was turning my anger outwards. It was everybody's fault for me feeling so terrible. Why can't you let this pain of mine work? Yeah,
2: you know, I don't want to.
3: And so I walked into Guru Singh's, and I don't know. I mean, God bless Guru Singh. I mean, it's a twenty-year relationship now. But when I first sat down with him, like I sat, arms crossed, legs crossed, arms crossed, with this just, just the scowl on my face. I just looked at him. I'm like. I don't know why I'm here. You and I both know I don't want to be here, so I don't buy this getup.
0: <laughs> yeah, get up. Have you had any exposure to to none. like yoga or
3: none? I mean, the only exposure I had, had to yoga was in college. I had taken some like yeah. you know vinyasa classes and and right. but but that's not even community. it. This is
1: like a white dude with a white beard and a white <laughs> right. turban and white I, clothes. I, I, <laughs> yeah,
3: and he's sitting there, and I'm looking at him. I'm going, fuck you. I mean, really, I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't know what they to- told you. They set this appointment for you. It's like me against the world. And he just looked at me with those p- piercing blue eyes mm-hmm. and said, give me two years. And I'm like, what? He's like, give me two years. I want you to come here and sit with me twice a week for two years. And I'm thinking, what is this? What am I, Daniel's son? Now this is turning
2: <laughs> into like a so I'm like... I mean,
3: it was, so I'm like, he's like, give me two years to get you where I need you to. I, I know you want to be, and it was it was that you know the student teacher moment. You know when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and I looked mm. at him, and in that moment, it was like, oh, my God, I love and I hate this man <laughs> because he is right through my armor, right through my lies, right through that chameleon smile. You know, and um. And that was it. That started a two-year relationship with a teacher who I would have to go and see at least twice a week before I would go to work in this business with this with my abuser. And he told me, come see me twice a week, one-on-one. It was like this apprenticeship, mm-hmm. this mentorship. And I want you to come to one of my yoga classes a week, my Monday night class. And I'm thinking, Oh, whatever, fine. And so I show up to his yoga classes, my first Kundalini yoga class, you have to understand, like I'm I'm living in swimming in abuse. So I'm completely dissociated from my body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting on a mat. And so all I bring with me is my mat and the notebook and a pen and being this voracious academic. And you know, I was a nerd. So for me, everything was take notes, take notes. Like yeah, he, he would give lectures before his yoga. I would just voraciously take notes and be like, oh, I get what he's saying conceptually, but I did none of the yoga. I just sat there. I just sat there. <laughs>
0: Well, he knew that, right? I mean, yeah. that's why
3: he said two years. Like, And it was perfect. It was two years for us meeting one-on-one, me showing up to classes, and it was two years before I hit rock bottom. It was almost as if it was two years for me to start to awaken and actually begin to start to feel. So even just being in the kundalini room in, and even just being one-on-one with him, I was starting. To feel the pain that I had been resisting, and it, it took two years before I hit rock bottom. And, and my rock bottom was the suicidal ideations. I had a suicide plan. Um, you know, my you know my boyfriend then was had had gone away for a few months um, on a business trip, and it was the first time I had had a few months away from him. And in those few months, I started to reconnect with my friends. I was seeing Guru Singh. I was going to these yoga classes. I was seeing family, and I I was beginning to get a taste of my life again. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: what was um what what was like? I know you can't describe two years. It's it would be impossible. But maybe just a little bit of sort of the path. You know, like the trajectory of those two years.
1: And also, yeah. can you add in like how, cause I have the same thing, but also how, like, what was your awareness during that time? Like, were you aware of the divergence of these two worlds? Like, were you? So this is what, yes. Once I had started seeing him,
3: it, it was, I always say awareness. Like in my, my trauma program, we talk about how awareness is like taking the binocular, taking the lid off of your binoculars, your life binoculars. And it really was like, he had turned a light on. And and it was like for the first time I'm now seeing myself, and I'm having those <laughs> those many like but you know the aha bathroom moments. I had more than one bathroom floor moment, and they were usually in a motel room because we you know I had you know he we had just had some you know unmentionable sexual escapade that involved me basically having to run to the bathroom because I was in pain or I was bleeding. And I remember sitting in the bathroom. you're in a hotel room because you're traveling
0: or something?
3: Or because no, we had picked up other women. I mean, this is, this is how insidious this gets. This is, this is where the book will be great.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, because, but the point being like my awareness started to come in because here I was still seeing Guru Singh, but I'm also now still in this life. So, I'm now more awakened to my actions and my behavior mm-hmm. and my inability to do anything and my immobilization. And I'm now starting to feel the pain rise, and I'm sitting in these bathrooms, staring at myself, looking in the mirror, going, "What are you doing?" Like you run out. like get out. and And of course, you're terrified too, you're terrified because he'll he'll he's threatened. like you try to leave. You'll see what I'll do. You know, he, you know, threatened what he would do to my family. And so it became this, it really did, it became this prison that it wasn't until he had gone away, which gave me a little bit of time without him around, like a good four months. And it's amazing what could happen in four months. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Four months of that reprieve where I'm still seeing Guru Singh, but not having to see you know, my abuser face-to-face was enough for me to start to start to really conjure up the strength to make a plan. Mm-hmm. And the only problem was when he came back, when he came mm-hmm. back, my awareness went out back door and my fear, my mobilized fear came back in. And so what was a, a getaway plan, which I had planned with Guru Singh, and my family became a suicide plan. Because for me, it was, I can't, the only way I know how to get out is to drive my car, uh, over you know off off of Mulholland. i mean that was my plan and it was it was the it was dark night of the soul like yeah. many have and i had the gift that i had created a relationship with a mentor that i trusted in Guru Singh. and he he he, he knew he it, this is where you don't question the, the divine and god and it was a moment that i had stayed up my abuser had just gotten back into town and I really felt the only way out was for me to just drive off and um, Guru things God. called you know, okay, food. so
0: wait, so yeah. I just want to paint that. I know, it's a lot. You're, no, you're, so you're, you truly feel like your only way out is to kill yourself. Yeah. Because, you're afraid of him because, because, you, because I'm
3: afraid of him and I'm afraid of what he would do to others if I tried to leave. And I'm also afraid of exposing my shame.
1: And okay. and also, is it just because I also get this sense I, I, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to think about moments where I thought like, what's the only way out? Is it also was, is it wrong to assume that also it just felt like it was a mess that you would never be able to escape from? Absolutely. That, I mean, yeah, It's so deep and the pain is so heavy.
3: And you've you know, I created such a web and that I was like, how do I even begin? How do I begin to like crawl out? I mean, I really and for me it was I blamed it all on myself. I was terrified of him, but I thought you got yourself into this mess. Like how are you gonna get yourself out? How are you gonna explain your way out of this? How are you gonna the idea of healing felt impossible?
0: Yeah. Right. Did you feel like also was there a part of you that didn't want to live without him uh, still? I Absolutely. Mean- there was still the addict. So there was the addict in me. And that's where the,
3: the, the, it's also the the Stockholm syndrome piece. The piece yeah. of, you know, I've given this this abuser who's paying me this power. Yeah, and, right. And he really has the key to my survival, my happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was. So it was such an entangled mess that you just hit this place where you're like, I, it's too noisy. It's too noisy inside my head. It's too painful inside my body. The, the best and the easiest way to sort of come and come to peace is to just, is to just, you know, shut, shut the lights
0: the light off. Right.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I was ridiculously fortunate. I had my family and, and Guru Singh and, and Guru Singh had, had caught on to, um to where he started to notice these tendencies in mine. I wasn't showing up to him anymore. It'd been like about a week that my abuser was back and I had missed his I had missed his appointments, my, my every two week appointments. And one morning and it was a 4 a.m. call, like a sadna call, when I was up pace, I was literally up shaking in bed, thinking, okay, it's it's still dark out, but it's still it's light enough so I can at least drive to see where I'm going. I'm gonna get in the car. Guru Singh literally called me called me and he said, I know what you're thinking. I need you to get into the car, but I need you to drive straight over here. Wow. And it was, it was this, he's like, and I'm like, well, no, 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 no. I, I I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to get up. I have to go to work. You're not going to work. You're not going anywhere. I know you have another plan. I need you to get into your car. I'm in my pajamas, get over here in your pajamas. Don't call anyone. Don't go anywhere else and drive straight here. And it was as as I just needed, dire- I needed direction. And
2: mm-hmm. I got
3: into my car in in my pajamas, I drove straight to his home where him and his wife basically gave me my come to Jesus moment. I mean, he looked at me, he said, you are either going to die this slow death or you're going to finally surrender and ask for help.
2: Mm.
1: Uh. And,
3: and that was it. I, I, it was as if this moment of just white flag and I just said, I need help and that began
2: this that
3: began the first
1: that before you hadn't said that in the two years you've been working with him you hadn't said i need help i'd never i had never said i needed help
2: i
3: (laughs) said sure i'll show up i'll learn something sure yeah yeah you've got you've got something really cool to say i had such this this armor of bravado that that you know that was masking my fear and my shame and my pain and um that was the starting point. That was the starting point of really having to go into hiding because he was looking for me, and and allowing letting family and friends know my family was out of the country. They weren't even there, and they we had to let them know. Nobody knew where I was except for my parents. My you know between my parents and Guru Singh, they got me. Um, they were able to locate a bed at Sierra Tucson Hospital. I was I was um, I was thrown into their trauma track. Because I had heavy post-traumatic stress, um, uh, amongst the other symptoms. And within two days after being in hiding um, in Los Angeles, with this, with getting calls from everywhere, from Yoga West, his studio to whatnot, saying there's a psychopath looking for Azita.
0: Wow, really? Uh, so he, yeah. like, right away?
3: He, he right caught- away, went yeah. He caught on. He said it must be this guy who he never... Trusted, never liked. Of
0: course, right. um,
3: you know this guy is coming here saying you abducted his um, his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> and so they they got me on a plane, and I I started what would be a nine week inpatient um, stay, five weeks in Sierra Tucson, um, where I had I I was the only one out of my the crew of a oh god hundred some people that I knew I was the only one who didn't have phone privileges because they were afraid uh, i was going to
0: call him. Right. Holy shit. So what what i mean, what was the first week's like there? Were you
3: The first week was <laughs> The first week was taking off the code of denial. The first week was going through your are first thrown into um, which is their their medical assessment center, which is literally like you are in a hospital and you are de- you're in detox. Mm. So here i am detoxing. I'm detoxing with like a heroin addict in in the, be, in the bed next to me.
0: So or, you're, okay, so you're in yeah. like a, all, there's like all these different tracks and you're in with people like substance yes. abuse.
3: And, okay. I'm in with substance abuse. I'm in, but so here I am. I'm going through my own withdrawal from yeah. not being in the relationship and they have me under suicide watch. I mean, guys, this, I mean, the reality check was walking in somewhere and having to have the full body check was they're literally checking between your ass to see if you have a razor blade. And I'm thinking- yeah oh my God, when did this happen? You're, you're getting a band placed on a wristband placed on your wrist and a buddy who's walking you around saying, you know, what are you in here for? And I'm thinking that it was like a wake up. It was like, how did this happen? Like, how did I get here? And, and within the first week, they're going through assessments, a lot of psychiatric assessments and testing and, and, people and here i am still going i just got out of just a bad relationship and i'm i'm just you know i've had a nervous breakdown <laughs> that's that was my thing and they're looking at me going you are an abuse survivor you are we're diagnosing you with ptsd and you were in an abusive relationship and and me, me not really even realizing it. And then then having to hear about my life. And so immediately when you're getting, when you're getting analyzed to, this is the best, they're going, well, so your father or your mother must, they must've been, you know, was he an alcoholic? Did he abuse you? And I'm thinking I came from the most loving family. Yeah. And that was the part that didn't fit, but yes. And then here I am talking and going, okay, well, how, when did you move to the States? I was like, oh, I was four. We had to leave Iran because of a revolution. And I I totally just washed over it, and this this table of psychiatrists are looking at me, going, "You were heavily traumatized, traumatized at the age of four. Like mm-hmm. that was one of your biggest. You can't wash over that. Like for them, they were trying to piece how is this young woman who actually came from a you know a loving family, you know, having been educated. I mean, I'm like, it doesn't matter. This isn't about you know. But point being, they were trying to piece together. How I ended up into something so, you know, so decisively, you know painful. And they hit it. They're like, wow, so your early trauma was immigration and being a revolution child. And here you are, you move to the states, you know, you're constant, you know, pure insecurity, no self-worth, you know, your parents were doing their best to just survive. Yeah. So here I am living on my own. So this, I was beginning to start to understand how I got to where I got. And then from there, within the first week, you're afterwards, you're set up with your primary therapist and your therapy group. And mine was specific to trauma. So you had people in there who were also abuse survivors or who had lost a child or who had survived an accident. Um, and from there, we began... At, at, you know this this beautiful process of healing, which involved everything from twelve step to adventure therapy, equine therapy. We're working with horses. We're doing psychotrauma, trauma, psycho where we're reliving our old traumas in a supportive group, um, with colleagues. And so you're you know, you're getting cranial sacral massages. You're so I mean they're doing everything, and and the beauty was I got it. Like by the the fifth week. I had a handle on what had happened to me. I also knew that I wasn't strong enough to continue, you know, back home, and so they recommended another 4-week stay at another um another treatment center. So this was a 9-week inpatient, you know, m- dealing with, you know, my my night sweats and my nightmares and the fact that he wasn't going to find me and moving through just really starting to begin to build strength up that I actually did have, I actually did have some control over what I could do with my life. And, yeah. and as I moved out of treatment, um, I spent a year in, in Santa Fe writing, you know, I, I was also in school and and i was finishing a masters and so i spent a, a year finishing my masters on all about the power control wheel i wrote an auto ethnography about my abuse which is what what the book is i'm working on and um and with did that did he
0: did he so so you <clears throat> did he have any idea like what happens with him at this time he
3: at this point i had given my my father power of attorney to deal with the business he at this point you know he got he caught on that i had gone away Like we had, and, and at that point we, he, my my father dealt with him to sort of help close down my business with him because we still had our business together and any contact. And we had a, um, it's interesting, like one of, you know, every, everybody in treatment has sort of like their graduating sort of, um, assignment they have to do before they're sort of ready to leave. And mine was, I had to call him. It had been four weeks now, Mm. no contact. It was my fifth week. And they had said, you have to call him and let him know you're not coming back. You have to actually use your voice. And for me, and so for me, I had, and it was perfect because I had my therapist, my therapist then with me in a room. And I had a friend that I had made in the program in the room with me as support. And they had even helped me make a sign in case I got scared. Because I didn't know who I was going to get when I was going to call. Was I going to get the charmer? Right. Who's like, right. I love you, baby. I miss you. Where are you? Or the asshole who's like, where the fuck are you?
2: Right.
3: And um, so they had a sign that basically said everything I knew I needed to say, which was really, there's nothing you could do or say to change my mind. I'm leaving. That was all I had to say. And I called him and I, of course, got the charmer. Did you? Okay. I'm like, who did you play? I know. I got the charm. I said, like, baby, I miss you. Where are you? I, You know, on and on. There's nothing you could do or say to change my mind. There was nothing you could do or say to change my mind. I just kept repeating it. And at some point I just hung up the phone and looked over at my therapist and she just said, huh. she just looked at me. She's like, why don't you go for a walk? Because I, I just felt this sort of like, like an exhale, yeah. And, and use a voice I've never used with him before, like yeah. a firm, steady, strong voice. And I, I, she looked at me, she says, you know, it was like, it was dinner time. And so, you know, typical treatment center, you know, it's a one big cafeteria and everybody goes for dinner. So there's about a hundred of us that meet for dinner. And, um, she says, well, before you go to dinner, why don't you go take a walk around the grounds? Just get a sense of what, what just happened. And so I walked around, this isn't, you know, beautiful Arizona night and, um, I walked around and and then found myself walking into the cafeteria and the beauty about treatment, which is why the parade felt like this, because everyone's together, you mm-hmm. know, fighting for each other's pain. Everyone yeah. knew each other's pain and everybody knew what each, what everybody had to do. So they all knew that I had to make this call. So I walk into this crowded, I walk into this crowded, super loud cafeteria, and as I walk in, everybody stares looks over, they stop talking, they literally drop their utensils, and they get up, and they start clapping, and I, oh my god. <laughs> and I get, a, get emotional right here, and it was in that moment I thought, oh my god, I didn't just do this for me, you know, I did this for them,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and it was, that was for me the trauma to Dharma moment, when I'm talking about transforming our pain into purpose, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's this mm-hmm. sort of like, <gasps> God, there's a bigger responsibility here. And it's not that you're just responsible for yourself and your own pain, but the more you heal your pain, the more you're gonna help heal others.
0: That's right. And
3: it, 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 it that cafeteria moment was that was such a breakthrough for me. And it and it catapulted what's what I'm doing now. What what like, okay, like keep healing us, keep moving, keep learning, keep understanding what you went through.
2: Yeah.
3: So that this doesn't have to happen again, or if it does, people have the tools. And so that's, you know, so with that, I was, you know, was was able to continue yeah. moving on to the treatment center. My God bless my family had handled him, and at this point, once he had gotten that call from me, he knew, okay, I, I've lost her. So, you know, sadly, he clearly must have moved on to someone else, and, and mm. I, I didn't have to deal with them outside of one. One mediation um, – one meeting where we had um, to deal with a lawsuit with – because, you know, my parents, had, we tried to sue him for everything he had taken from me from, from – not even personal, just professional. And yeah. um, we met we met with a mediator, and we, he couldn't even sit still with the media. It was the first time I had seen him in a year. Yeah,
0: I was and wondering. So you actually needed. saw him.
1: What was that like? Because you had been – it had been a year, and you'd lived in Santa Fe.
3: Yeah, it had been. A, okay, it had been a year. I had been living in Santa Fe. I had now felt strong enough to move back to Los Angeles, and I we had this meeting, and I went down with my parents and my lawyer. He was there with his lawyer, and I don't know his little entourage. I can't remember who was with him. He always had some women around, and um, uh, oh, it was. I mean, I I felt strong. I mean, the fear was still there. You know, the fear was still in my belly, but I, I, yet at the same time, I, he was smaller.
2: Yeah.
3: He was smaller than he had been before. And and yeah. so we sat and he he started his big histrionic, you know, overly dramatic tantrum in, 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 the, in the legal room. And, and they had asked him to leave to sort of compose himself. And the mediator looked at me. She's like, sweetheart, I know you want to fight for this principle and for... <laughs> for justice, just even in terms of your business and what he's stolen from you, you know, we're not even talking with the personal, but this could be a long battle. And do you want to stay, you know, do you want to stay tied and tethered to this? And my parents looked at me and they're like, look, we'll support whatever you want to do, but she really has a point. And, and, you know, and I, I had a good cry because, you know, you, you want to fight for justice and you want to fight yeah. for, for what you believe. But I, I, I looked and I said, okay, I'll, I'll drop it we dropped everything. We dropped the case and we just walked away. And, um, and I said, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll fight you in another way or I'll fight all the other yous in another way. And, um, yeah. and start, started the deeper work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, huh. a- <laughs> wow. Well, like, I don't know if I expected all this this morning, but here it is.
1: I know. Um, <laughs> So at that point, okay, so at this point, you, I mean, do you feel like that, I mean, to me, that's where I breathe, like, when in this part of the story, mm-hmm. right? Is that?
3: Yeah, that was the absolute, like, last bit of sort of untethering yeah, and of completely sort of, you know, untethering myself from my past, from the physical past, you know, and, and yeah. what was less, of course, was still just healing, you know, the emotion, healing the body, which is what what which is what brings us to the Kundalini piece. Because yeah. here I was now, I had-
1: Had you been practicing you know, it for the year away? Were I, you a
3: practitioner? No, while I was in Santa Fe, I had, I had barely practiced. While I was in Santa yeah. Fe, I, I basically went straight into writing a, a, a master's thesis on yeah. abuse. And I had intellectualized. I understood yeah. it inside out. I understood trauma inside out. Right, I had completely intellectualized, conceptualized it all. I'm like, I got this, you know. I, you know, in Santa Fe, I was barely doing any any body work. I was doing a lot of EMDR. I was doing, I was going to twelve step, and yet once I got to Los Angeles, I was now back with Guru Singh, and was like, okay, let me start to dive back into my kundalini practice. And as I went back, and now I had. Graduated my 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 master's program, and I had decided to go and also get a PhD because I was like, okay, I got to do more, I, you yeah. know. And the only thing I knew was to was to continue to be the nerd that I was. And so here I was now in a PhD program, and now deciding to go back on the mat, you know, having done a little bit of healing, having completely t- t- untethered myself from my ex completely, and I sat on the mat, committing to. Like more of a daily practice. I was getting ready to start doing the teacher training. And the minute I started to actually do the practice, I could not stop crying. Yeah. And and so there we go, right? I mean, we all yeah. know it, we've all experienced it. It was it was the body piece. And I'm sitting there this whole time thinking, My body is screaming at me, going, Thank you. Finally. Yeah. Let's let's deal with us and and I say it to my clients, I say it in my classes, it's that, that voice that comes through and says, when you feel there's something missing in your life, it's probably you. And, yeah. and for me, it wasn't just in my life, it was in my recovery. Yeah, yeah. That it was, oh my God, I had, I had mastered it in my mind. We had talked through what we could. We had done everything from echo, the most amazing modalities, but I, still discon- I was completely disconnected from my body and my spirit. I wasn't getting spirit in 12 steps I just wasn't I wasn't dealing with my body and so kundalini I would keep coming back and it was like every day I would commit to the practice every day I would do the training every day I was doing sadhana I'm like (gasps) it was so clear yes hi motherfuckers the issues are in your tissues yes we get it (laughs) you know we all get it and we're we're and I'm I'm finally starting to like actually feel and feel better and now I'm I'm engaging more with people over the course of a few months, you know, four months, five months back in Los Angeles, six months, eight months. And I'm now, I'm having eye contact with people that are, my hugs are longer Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to notice this shift. And I'm I'm actually really open to actually possibly starting to date and get, and maybe consider a relationship. Like my whole world opened up and the big piece, like, I'm like, oh, God, here you are, God. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: <Here> we <laughs> were taught to look somewhere outside of us, and it's pulsing through me, through me, you know? And it, it it shifted everything. And so that became this, you know, the researcher in me, the nerd in me knew, like, okay, I can't be the only one. <laughs> this has to be <laughs> happening to other people,
2: right? We get
3: it, right? Right. Get it? Get it, Holly. I mean, you're like... I know I'm not the only
1: one. I I need to find out if other people have experienced this.
3: What is and this connection?
1: This, this it being that you... I mean, like, because what was your... I mean, it's interesting to me because Kundalini came on the scene so early in my recovery. It was just yeah. month, it was months in. It was only... I, I started, like, waking up in October and, and working my recovery in October 2012, and I found Kundalini in January 2013. And I credit it, you know, with, with everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, but I, I don't, and I don't know how I would have made it, um, if I hadn't had it. And so, and mm-hmm. I know you did all this other stuff, but what was your body like? How, what was your, um, how did you make it as that far without that connection? Is that how did to, I
3: make it to my, to, to my recovery? I mean, while yeah, I yeah, like when you like,
1: like from here, looking back on it, what yeah. was your body like and your existence like? Was it still just surviving or what? Like, I mean, before Absolute that. Absolute survived. Okay. Be-
3: before what? Because before I went off to treatment, I mean, you know, it was two years of maybe going to the Kundalini classes, like I said. But the beauty of a Guru Singh class, and if you've been to it, I mean, he gives a lecture
2: mm-hmm. first.
3: And so for me, it was all that. And then the mm-hmm. body stuff, I didn't even, I couldn't even find a way in. It, it, yeah. it, I was I was too disconnected. I was way yeah. too disconnected, and that's why for me, you know, I, I you know, with my clients, I mean, I mean, depending on where you are on your on on the trauma tra- trajectory, like I may not be throwing you into a Kundalini class right away. If you're not completely connected to your body, okay, well, yes, we'll we'll start by giving you some breathing. We'll start with a pranayam. We'll start by giving you some more grounding, you know, asanas, and then you know, because you don't even know where to begin. Yeah. at least that that was the case for me and and mainly because by the time i had met grusing and and been introduced to kundalini my dissociation was was complete like there was no because the abuse i had taken for the four years before was was so heavy that like my only way to survive was to not feel Right. Yeah. And so yeah. with the awareness piece, with the communicating with him with and then with being in, in treatment and even just doing the cranial sacral stuff and, you know, learning just slowly having been apart from him, I started to begin to feel again. But I think it was almost like my body, my body knew when it was ready.
1: Yeah.
3: And it needed like a good year or so of just, OK, do the intellectualizing that you do so well Oz. you feel safe there. Yeah. Um, and then it was settling in and, and thank God I had the awareness and some recovery behind me. And I also had a goose thing I had to, to, to explain to me what was happening when I was crying on the mat. Like you come to one of my community yoga classes, there's Kleenexes everywhere. And I'm the first to say, it's going to happen. <laughs> don't want it don't be afraid of it yeah and I do the same thing and don't try right right and we're like and don't try yeah. to interpret it don't interpret it I don't know if you're crying from something that happened 10 minutes ago or 10 years ago yeah. right. right and it's and so and so that was that that was the big piece and and that honestly which is kind of the work we're all doing that for me catapulted me launched me into the rest of this doctoral program where it was that's it I am going to uncover the science. I love, you know, the scientist in me it was like, I'm uncovering why this technology is working,
2: right?
3: Like, yeah. what is going on there? This whole science of yoga, but also the science of mantra, you know, and and the pranayams, all of it, and then, and then on top of that, like, I want to dive into the soul piece, spirit piece, which for me was the, uh, you know, in. In trauma recovery, which is one of the biggest paradigm shifts that happened, which is which is the which is really the foundation of my work, which is post-traumatic growth, yeah. mm-hmm. which is what which is what yesterday was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's right. The March, which is the phoenix rising, which is the our traumas can be these springboards for transformation. We can turn our shit into fertilizer. That pain has a purpose. Let's fucking right. alchemize it. And yep. so that fueled the research and the work
1: it's really quick I want to talk a little bit about so for me um, I've been doing I started practicing yoga in 2003 I started with Bikram yoga so Hatha yoga and I did it for I did it because I had uh, panic attacks and I had to do it and I found it and it worked really well and I never meditated Um, I tried it during Shavasana but I couldn't even barely like sit still for Shavasana and then I found um, the nyasa yoga um, years ago like probably eight years ago from today and Um, and I, so I was a practitioner of yoga for years and then, um, kundalini cause I want to explain the difference. Um, cause Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's important. Um, kundalini, I did my first yoga, my first kundalini class, um, because I had been to, I found May Cause Miracles. I found Gabby Bernstein in Bloomberg Business Week and then I found May Cause, I read her books and then I found May Cause Miracles like on January 1st, 2013. And then I saw her in San Francisco when she came two weeks later and then in that, you know, in that live talk, she was talking about Kundalini and about like, she only brought it up. She wasn't teaching it then. She only brought it up. I think she was in training. She only brought it up because she was talking about why she was quitting coffee and, um, and then I heard the word Kundalini and I was like, okay, that feels really familiar. And that feels like it felt like it was a weird enough word that it was intriguing. And then I was in New York and I was hungover and I was, I was working on my recovery and I looked for a Bikram class. And when I Googled it, the first thing that came up was Kundalini. And then I went to this class and I had that moment, right? That sweetness, that. That like where it's not just like what you feel when you come out of a yoga class, which for me is always clean and balanced and better, but it was this sense of vibration and and happy, like an actual happiness that I hadn't yes. felt. Like it was not it was, you know, there's this bleakness of life and then all of a sudden there is a spark. And so for me, Kundalini was this like I when in you know, I had been practicing yoga for years. In you know, within months of finding it, I signed up to become a teacher. And then when I went through my training, that was when my my life exploded as in like that was when I couldn't, you know, stay at my job anymore as it, you know, like I, I, everything took on, um, everything broke open. Um, and I, I've not, you know, I mean, it was, I went in there like with slumped shoulders and, um, you know, just like, like, you know, kind of caved in. And then I came out of that with my shoulders pulled back and and really my heart forward and my head back. Um, you know, just, just physically and, and my whole life just, I mean, it's, it was just like a pomegranate split open. So, um, I want to, I just want to share that part because, um, I think it's, I think it's really important to share, um, just to explain that it's, um, it's a very like, and I, I, this is what you're talking about. And I'm no, I'm not the only one at the people, especially I went through training with it's, it's, uh, unbelievable to actually see what happens to people when they commit to a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I just wanted to share that piece, um, just to kind of, uh, amplify what you're saying about what happened to you. Um,
3: Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, and you know, the beauty of it too is for me, you know, once I started to do the research on Kundalini and, and, and just understanding trauma, like, for the Kundalini yoga mat for me was really the place where my scientist who's like, I need proof, I need empirical proof, <laughs> you know, yeah. show me that this works, where my scientist and my like incense lighting yogi <laughs> could actually high five and be like, we agree. <laughs> Like, we're in agreement in this moment <laughs> on this map.
2: You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> it yeah, was I like do.
3: The, I call it the, right? the marriage of the science and the soul. Like, it was both. It, it, and for me, it was perfect. And it mm-hmm. was a comprehensive package of everything that I needed. And I didn't have to be able to wrap my body around into a pretzel, a human pretzel, you know and i didn't have to rush off to an ashram you know i yeah. and i could actually create a practice that if i didn't want to do it in the studio i can do this at home yeah. and create this ritual and so and even if i took just one tool you know just just one pranayam you know our body is the way in and our breath is the gateway and then it was so and so it was beautiful to recognize what worked and and so what ultimately happened with me is that i then dove into <laughs> God, far too many years of research, um, but amazing with the with the likes of Vessel Vanderkolk and the mm. Pat Ogdens and the you know the Peter Levines and really started to 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 just get enough weight behind why this works, you know why we needed the 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 spiritual somatic piece in in trauma recovery and um,
1: why from does that
3: work? Ultimately, <laughs> why does it work?
1: Yeah, can you, can you summarize,
3: you, what, you know, five years so, of-, <laughs> <laughs> of my, of my, oh my God, yeah, like my friggin' seven <laughs> years of research and 20 years of practice and I'll tell you why this is the miss, the missing piece is twofold. One, it, and, and for me it was. We got the mental stuff down, the talk therapy stuff. We've got that down. The Westerners Westerners have been doing that forever. We get that that helps. But so the first aha moment for me with the paradigm shift in trauma recovery with all the researchers was them realizing the body piece was missing. And the biggest piece for me, my like scientific orgasm, literally, because it really was like this orgasm for me was... And then this came through, um, through train, working with Bessel van der Kolk. Was I was going to say.
2: Yeah.
3: Right, was, and I'm sure if you've read it, then you understand. Yeah. It was that moment of our brain shut down and how the brain, Broca's area, the language center in our brain, in the limbic system of the brain shuts down. Meaning the part of our brain that wants to talk out our experiences can't. It shuts down. So we cannot talk our way through. Right, that's right. And so for, it was such this revelation in in research, you know, like a decade and a half ago, decades ago. Like it was like, oh my God, we have to go bottom up.
1: Yep. And, and, this, and this is so that, and you, you're discovering this a decade ago, and this is something that even today is still largely unknown. People, exactly. the common idea is that it is that 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 it is that we are able to talk through this stuff and access this stuff when the truth is we go offline Um, and it's not yeah okay
3: exactly so that for me was the one piece was the big piece was it's like really two pillars we already got the mind piece so now trauma researcher finally they're finally have woken up and they're like oh shit the body we forgot the body so now they're recognizing (laughs) the body piece something that these are fucking yogis have known for (laughs) centuries Right. So now we're getting the body piece in. Boom. Kundalini covers it. Awesome. And then we pull in this other paradigm shift, which is this whole philosophy of post-traumatic growth, Mm -hmm. right, where we're now realizing we're moving from pathology to possibility. We're now researchers are recognizing, wait a second, why are we spending so much time looking at what's gone wrong? What's gone right after Trauma, and we're recognizing that over fifty percent of trauma survivors—it doesn't matter what your trauma is. I don't care if you're getting through a divorce, if your pet died, or if you're an abuse survivor, a veteran, or a war veteran. Like fifty percent of trauma survivors experienced at least one positive change. That was one piece, and they found a closer connection to their version of spirit. Yeah,
0: I was
3: God. Say. So, and so it, a- was, so it was, boom. What was this? oh, my God, this can be a spirit piece, a way to connect back to spirit, our traumas can be, and a way to transform your life for the better because, really, we don't bounce back. Mm-mm.
2: We yeah. don't want to go
3: back. We can't go back, We but we can, like, bounce beyond where we've been before. And so that was, for me, it was, like, awesome. We've covered it in trauma now with these huge breakthroughs, the body and the spirit, you know, bring it in. I'm thinking I found all of that on the Kundalini yoga mat that coupled with the talk therapy I got to do and all the other amazing modalities that we have access to. But so for me, it was, it was a missing piece.
0: Yeah. What, um, <clears throat> I want to, yeah, because I'm, I like, I'm nodding my head completely and everything. Um, I just for people that are listening to that, like, I don't, I've done a f- couple kundalini things, mostly because um, Holly is, you know, it's a big part of her power. Yeah. I've done a couple on, you know, yoga. Club. I've never done a kundalini training. I've never, um, I don't really know about it, you know, like you guys do. Um, but yet I, I um, have found uh, sort of a very similar experience through the types of yoga that I practice and especially what I'm teaching now, which is more like restorative type layered with with talking to people <clears throat> um like basically having conversations with your body right yeah um so so i just want to point that out i i don't i i can't speak to Kundalini. um and i i know i'll go there eventually um but that do you believe that there's more than one way to do this like you talked about working with horses yes. you talked about um which i know has been a huge thing for a lot of people um, what else? You know. What else?
3: Absolutely, Laura. Else? I, yes, I absolutely believe there's mother one way. and that's one thing I talk about in my in the, the trauma to Dharma book I'm working on, which is you know based on my program is I say Kundalini was my way,
2: mm-hmm. but it
3: doesn't. I mean, but the beauty is for me once I got into my recovery and I understood that what was missing was the body piece and the spirit piece.
2: Right.
3: I'm like, so find it where you find it. If you're a runner, which Laura, I believe you are, right? I mean, if you're yes. a runner. Oh my God! Find it through that breath and body and mind in motion. High yoga done. <laughs> if you're yeah. a hiker, if 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 you if you play an instrument, if you're a musician, mm-hmm. get on the drums. Get into the you know move your body like you know that there are so just find the body piece, the piece yeah. that gets you to move and be in sync with your breath, and then find spirit if you find it in the rooms, awesome. If you find it, you know, if you find it in your sacred place or temple, fantastic. But, you know, what does that mean to you? So it, it just, for me, it just so happened that, yeah, kundalini work, but my God, like, as long as we know what's missing, we can find it and we all have our own versions of
0: it. Right. What do you, I'm just curious what you, what you would say, you know, what do you, when people go, I don't know even know what spirit means. What do you, What do you tell them? For me, I say, for me, my my ex- explanation of it is that
3: it's it's that something more that keeps me going. It's that that stillness that I'm able to get to. <laughs> in a pause. Like I always talk about the God pause and I talk about how for me, like you can be doing anything and I have the most neurotic, I mean, I have like a, I always say I have a gang of preschoolers in my head and they all have instruments and it's a rainy day. Um, (laughs) so like for me, so the idea of spirit is any moment where I can actually calm myself and come to a place where I could basically press pause. I press pause long enough to know that there is, that I'm bigger than this moment, that there is something that hears me through my silences, but there is something that sort of carries me. So yeah, I'm probably not giving the best
1: thing. No, existence. that's beautiful. Like that's, it's, that's it's, th- ho- it's, it's hard to describe. It's,
0: that's <laughs> the nature of it, right? Is it is it's sort of ineffable. It's ineffable. Like, right. <laughs> but I always like to, because what I, the reason I ask is because um, sometimes people, there are a lot of people that don't, for many reasons don't have that or don't believe in it or don't or don't whatever and and if we can offer as many um explanations short you know as uh as ineffable as it is if we can offer explanations, sometimes something catches you know and people realize oh I already have that I I just don't didn't know what to call it um I think that's yeah I think it was I mean I
3: think for me that unless I connected to me I don't I think for me to connect to spirit it had to be something that happened through the body through the breath yeah, for I me do. it was this 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 resonant that pulsing feeling in me Holly it's like what you said with the happy you know I felt happy afterwards I don't know what yeah. it, was. it was it was just this awakening and then from there then then spirit God was everywhere right it's the yeah. locked eyes connection with the stranger it's playing with my dog it's that hike, it's whatever it is, it's just... It's It's the moment when you realize that you're
1: connected. Like this morning, I mean, just this morning, I went and got coffee, and then I walked. I decided to walk in the dark alleyway in the rain behind my building in this littered, dirty, disgusting alleyway. And it was just like it was still dark outside, and the hotel Rosalind sign is ablaze, and it was just this like I mean, even there in that moment, it's it's actually where you for me, it's where I know when I notice where I'm at, and I'm able to actually take in. And all that's around me, and just like this, the beauty of of, of something, and and feel something that's bigger than me, um, connected, right? Um, yes. Even if it's in a dirty alleyway. I want to pull it back to Kundalini, though. I agree. I think that's a really great point. I think all, there's a million different ways to enter it, especially the body, the mind-body connection. But we're specifically talking about Kundalini because this, this is what your program is. Um, and I think, and, and for me, it's one of those things where I do, like, I I am a total, like kundalini pusher and i am not apologetic mm-hmm. about it um and i don't think it's for everyone but i think it's one of those things where i've had way too many experiences where people will try it two or three years later and when they're ready and then they'll say oh my god um yes. so i do think like it is you know for me it's it's one of those practices where i've seen it do a very a large amount of work in a very short time cuz it it's dynamic it it hand it mm-hmm. ha- includes chanting and breathing and I focus and hand mudras and really weird shit and um and there's ritual and there's you know from like it's it's like it's big and so I really want to hear uh about what your program is and how you work with people I mean how you like how you how yes. you in a workshop um you know Take people through a process of transforming right. trauma into dharma. Um, what does that look like? Okay,
3: Great. Well, so the the program is really based out of my research. So after I had done, you know, a, you know, my doctoral study, and I had gotten trauma survivors who were now practicing Kundalini yogis, and they had attributed a good amount of their healing to the Kundalini practice. Like that's what I was looking for, and it was like. A million, God knows uh, so many people came out and it was beautiful. And then what came out of the research was this process of, of principles that, that came out of th- their, their main thing was they said, I just became more aware Kundalini. I mean, I'm like, I love how they're like Kundalini is the yoga of awareness. And everyone's like, the one thing they would all say is I just became more aware of my life. I was more present in my life. I felt like I had come home and There were these principles that I uncovered through the research, through my data, of what everybody, all my participants experienced. And this ultimately became the program, and it was moving through principles with Kundalini and a lot of journaling work. And what we do is we move through these principles, and the principles we live at, and I'm sure, Laura, you teach in your workshops, and Holly, I know it's all over um, hip sobriety school. I mean, it's you know, it's moving through these steps of acceptance, right? We can't go anywhere without accept- It's the acceptance piece. They all had to learn to harness their agency, right? Yeah. What what is in our control? Then it was the authority piece, and by authority is like once I've actually learned to to be an agent of change, I'm feeling this sense of authority again. Yeah. And it's changing the way I'm coming to look and understand myself. So my whole self experience is changing. And so now I have this authority really take on my life and my recovery. And and yet with that, I also have to know that while I've stepped into my authority, I'm not the authority. And I've also kept (laughs) fall into this place of allowing, which is like the fourth principle, which is the spirit piece the the trust, the allowing something greater than ourselves, you know, the humility piece, and then from that allowing piece, they come into appreciation, which is now that we've connected to ourselves. And we've connected to spirit. Now I'm recognizing this empathic thread that connects me to every other person in this <laughs> planet. And I cannot help but be appreciative for my tribe and my community because I cannot do this alone. And so then that, that appreciation piece comes up, which ultimately brings them to authenticity, which is dharma, which is I have no other way but to live and breathe and be who I am and I am now learning how to transform this pain of mine into purpose, which is Dharma. Because while I was pained, I'm still privileged to be here. Yeah. So what 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 can I do with this? What can I do? And that's 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 where we begin this because everybody then decided to do something with what had happened. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so this all so good. these principles came through. And so this became the heart and soul of the trauma to Dharma program and something I hadn't seen anywhere else. And so the actual program, which, 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 which is essentially the book because I'm making it a self study. And, but when we meet for our immersions, our weekend, it's a weekend immersion of where we, we honestly, we huddle up into this womb (laughs) and (laughs) not, not a room, but a womb. (laughs) 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 Um, And so I (laughs) didn't, Okay, no, I just made myself laugh. Um, and then in that space, we basically, we move through all the principles. And what we do is there's lecture where I'm giving them the science and giving yeah. them, you know, you know, just everything they need to know about trauma, what it is, what it isn't, what you need to yeah. do, the tools, the tools you need. And with that, we move through each principle. And um, another big piece of the program is journaling and writing. I mean, that's yeah. a, another... So so it's, we're doing kundalini yoga, you know, and so we're doing a lot of pranayams, a lot of meditations, chanting, you know, you know, kriyas, and then we're also doing journaling in between. Um, So it's this huge process of moving through all those principles and coming out of the weekend with just, just feeling like you have greater tools and a greater sense of where you've been and what you're doing with what you got yeah life's a shit show but they've 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 literally planted seeds
2: yeah
3: and and are are really feeling this you know they've they've alchemized and they're feeling this sort of fierce compassion for themselves and for this world and are like fuck i'm ready Um, i'm so
0: good i
1: want to do it (laughs) i know (laughs) i want to do it too what are you teaching it again well,
3: the next one, it looks like I, right now we just um, we just reserved space in Topanga, in a sweet little place in Topanga, for the last weekend of April. April, I think it was April 29th and 30th. Where's the Topanga? Saturday and Sunday. Topanga Canyon is, um, it's, in, it's here in Los Angeles. It's okay. just off of um, Pacific Coast Highway. It's like, you know, it's near Malibu it's a super rustic, you know, just, you kind of feel like you're out in the mountains and yet you're just minutes from, um, the Pacific ocean. And then, you know, not far from, you know, the heart of LA.
1: Oh my God. I want to do Uh, it so bad. I know I've been waiting for you to teach it again. uh, yeah, Yeah, that's that. And then
3: eventually I'll hopefully be stepping up and on the heels of, you know, Hollywood, you're doing. Get, it'll it'll be an e course soon, but that that won't be until the book is until I finish the book. <laughs> um, which the book is just the program. I'm just having to regurgitate it into pages. Yeah, and um, so it's it's oh, but it's.
1: And this it was, was what born because it was also what was missing. I mean, this is, I want to, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that there, that mm-hmm. this is created out of a void. Um, I mean, you and I both had this, had this experience. It was a pivotal experience for us where we met the first time. And from that was mm-hmm. where you knew that you had to put something like this together because there is no, yeah. and, and drawing on Kundalini, um, because there is, there is nothing out there like it. And right. Yeah. I want yeah, to skip to step th- Oh, yeah. sorry. No, 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 yeah. please. No,
3: no, no. Go ahead. No, it was that piece. I mean, because I'm so inspired with with what you're doing, too. It is us picking up the missing pieces. And again, so much of it, like you said, the first place we met in that training,
2: yeah. that
3: was for me. The, I mean, <laughs> it, it was like I left there frustrated. And Peace and you. and I said, I, I, <laughs> and I said, okay, I have to do this because yeah. it's not. I came here thinking it would be here, so you'd leave me off the hook and I wouldn't have to do it. But yeah. shit, okay, I'm here's the program because I still
1: yeah. haven't fucking found it.
3: Yeah, you know, which is yeah, which is what you've done with sobriety. So yeah, what were you saying?
1: Yeah, it's funny. A lot was born out of that. Um, <laughs> No, I bought my ticket to I went to the I left early and I went to the airport and I stayed overnight in the airport cuz this I really rejected Kundalini yoga at this point. I was like fuck you yogi Bhajan and I've made major peace with it, but this was the moment where I was like no. And um I was and in the airport I I like I bought a plane ticket to Italy for 50 days. Um, oh. So it was, yeah, it was a catalyst for a lot. Um, but I, so I want to kind of switch to one thing. we got to wrap up because Laura has to plan for a workshop, but I want to switch over to something that is really sweet. And that's, you recently got married. Um, and I love this story and I want you to tell this story because mm-hmm. I, you've been in recovery for a long time and, and Laura and I talk about love addiction, not to the extent that you've, that you've been through. I mean, we've not been in abusive relationships, um, but we both, um, I mean, when you and I had this talk at coffee, it was very similar <laughs> to what you, uh, I imagine, had some, on some level with Guru Singh, because I went there to just catch up, and you kind of saw right through me, and you just, I, I mean, I was like, why is she talking about this shit? And um, you were talking about know. our attraction to the wrong people, and about how, I mean, just, I mean, you basically were like, I was, I mean, I was, it was like you were reading my, my thoughts and my heart and, <laughs> um, and you were telling me about your path to finding who you're now married to. And, um, can you just talk a little bit? Because you, you still, I mean, were, attracted I mean it just didn't go away you, you still on some level if I recall were attracted to the 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 people that like the to the drama to the old drama of, of oh. shitty relationships until you met somebody and it wasn't I mean, can you just talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
3: mean, oh yeah. I mean, even through my recovery, uh, it you know, as I started to get back out there and date and got into relationships, I mean, I still knew like anytime I entered a party, a get together, whatever, like the I knew that the first guy I noticed was the one I needed to stay away from. <laughs> I mean, it was like so. Good. I mean, my like, oh, my God, my like dick radar was so amazing, and it was like, yeah. boom, you—that's who you, I want. And so even then it was, and so then I got into these relationships. Thank God, after what I had been through, these were harmless. But the pattern was still very similar. Like, oh, they're emotionally unavailable. They're not Mm. fully one hundred percent ready to commit. You know, and that was actually perfect for me. You know, I would blame it on them, but really it was because, well, who, who am I? I'm not really ready (laughs) for intimacy, right? Yeah. Um, So that was a pattern that went from. Yeah, I mean, I had gotten out of. I started my recovery in two thousand two, so yeah, hi, where are we now? Oh my god, we're twenty 2017, shit. Yeah. So um. it this one for a while, but in and out of relationships and, and and I'd say it was a handful of years ago I'd ended what I believed was the last like it was good, but it wasn't – And again, it was some – I picked someone else again who wasn't fully ready to commit, and it was still me. Like, I don't know why I was addicted to me having to convince someone that I was worth getting you yeah. to stay. Like, I don't know where that was still some part of my, you know, belief. Like, oh, I, I get it. Relationships are me having to convince you that I'm amazing.
2: Ugh. And uh, once I had finally – you know, I don't know that what that's lap, like.
3: No, we don't at all. Right. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, and they have to be like so ridiculously painful. So after that last one, I, um, I, I, I literally went back into that was actually when I dove into my work and did the trauma to Dharma work. So kind of like Holly, when you and I met, like I said, fuck this, I'm going to like dive into my work, into my Dharma which is so fitting because it was almost like I had to go from trauma to dharma to, to meet this guy for me to m- meet my now husband but so we I, I, I dove into just working on me and 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 kind of stayed away from relationship for a little bit and and fa- fell deeper into my uh, my kundalini practice but it was still going on dates rolling my eyes having great stories for my friends um and then and then I got um, – I, I ultimately met um, Ricardo, my husband, which I have to say because I, I, it's still so weird to say it, husband. Um <laughs> God, which talk about the rubber meets the road where the real work begins. Um, we met um, in, in part of the, in the Kundalini world. We meet up in New Mexico every summer for a big summer solstice celebration. And we get to do three days of white tantric yoga, which um, it isn't the kind of tantric that you think. It's. An <laughs> I know. I'm like, please tantric. tell
0: people what that is. <laughs> yeah. This,
3: this, is, this, is, it, this is about sitting with a partner, face to face with a partner, for eight hours a day and meditating into their eyes and, and non-romantic using-
1: not not always non- romantic i did no. it with friends. Yeah. i mean
3: oh yeah i mean I, I you do it with friends you do it with whoever and it's it's just using this the power of the energy to basically allow the soul these eyes to be a reflection of your own soul and i mean it's it's unbelievably powerful and every year and i've been doing this every year every year i would do it with a friend Every year I would actually do it with, you know, one of my lesbian bodyguards was perfect. I always had one of my, you know, I was like, great. One of my best friends who's gay. And I knew, you know, because I'm like, I'm not going to do it with a stranger. Screw that. I'm not (laughs) going to stare at somebody's eyes. And so this, this, this one year, this is 20, it was 2015. I, you know. My friend and I couldn't get to meet up to do it together. It was actually perfect because we were in a fight. And so I called up Guru Singh and his daughter and I said, fine, find me a partner. I'm totally just going to go out on a whim. Just find me someone. I don't care. All right. right. I'm. I, I'll get there and I'll meet meet him. So, you know, his daughter, Guru Singh's daughter, Hetty Perk, met Ricardo and Ricardo's son and sort of was just really taken by them both and was like, oh my God, well, I think they'd be great partners. I didn't meet Ricardo until 15 minutes before. We had to sit for three days and stare into each other's so eyes. So you have and, the
0: same uh, person perhaps. for three days?
3: Yes. You don't have to, but if you choose to commit to do that, otherwise you can change partners. But we had sort of said, we're both looking for a partner for three days. We don't want to have to deal with the, oh, uh, let's get, this next, you know, get to meet somebody new. So we met 15 minutes before
1: three days, you know, you know, and what did spread. you say to him, him when you met? What did you? What was the first thing you, you told him? Because he told me, <laughs> oh, you well, say you're going to be in up. a bad mood because.
3: Oh, I told him right away. This is when I knew clearly this isn't my guy. Because I'm like, oh, he's sweet, but let's just say I sat down. I go, I'm so sorry. I'm going to probably be really irritable because I haven't taken a shit yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good. Which, thank God, fellow yogi who's into Ayurveda, and he's like, uh, "Well, I have some if you need." <laughs> that could have been a sign that was him. But the beauty of it is we sat down and this is my big cosmic joke is that I keep saying that God put the man that I've been praying for right in front of my eyes and I still refuse to see him. And I say that because I say I refuse to see him. I I knew, but it was too scary. Mm -hmm. It was here is someone who is available, here is someone who is kind, here is someone who sees you and you're looking at him going... What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you so into me? <laughs> like there's, that, and it, it was that. It was this, you know. And thank God, I something in me stuck with it. I mean, it was terrifying, you know. Yeah. And it was like, my God, the nice guys—they really do win in the end. I mean, they can if we let them. If we actually believe that we're deserving of that. And it was yeah. there was no my and god bless him ricardo was very persistent and patient with me and he because i played i was you know you know i mean Guru Singh knew before i did like he went up to him like two days three days after like white tantric was like so what are your intentions with my daughter and he looks and yeah Guru know, he is looking at this master teacher going sir um I mean, I think she's lovely, but I got to tell you, she's like a cold fish. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, and he and he told Ricardo, "Just be patient with her. Just be patient with her." And he was, and and ultimately, we became amazing friends. And and I was able to see, I was able to meet and connect with someone in a way that there was none of that crazy sexual charge in the beginning. I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for a deeper connection, and then um, I trusted it, and and he, here we are today. Uh, we we he proposed a year after we had met, that you know back up there in Santa Fe, and then we got married three months later, and we're and we're three months in and strong, three months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not gonna lie, this is really where my recovery begins again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, right. And found someone who is able to hold space for me and, and, and me back to him. And it's, it's been, um, it's, yeah, it's been unbelievably rewarding and, and difficult. Difficult.
0: What (laughs) is it? I want to though. It's so, it's, it's such a sweet story. Um, and it's so good to hear what, what does it feel like, like if you can even explain sort of the difference, I mean, besides it maybe being everything's different, <laughs> is it like, how would you, how would you characterize the two of you, you know?
3: Uh, like in our, in our relationship?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like you how know, you feel most of the time, how you feel about the relationship, not yes. everything. I, I
3: feel safe.
2: Yeah.
3: I feel it's like this soft landing. I feel contained. Mm
2: -hmm. I feel like
3: you're not, you're actually, really, you're not going anywhere. And I I tested, and I tested the first year that we met, I threw out some ugly at him, some of the ugliest I could, and I knew what, I mean, I didn't know, but I knew what I was doing. It was like, you're going to leave anyway, because they all do. You're going (laughs) to disappoint me anyway. So let's just speed this up. Mm-hmm. so let me throw everything I've got at you, let me be a fucking asshole and he knew it he was on to me, he's like Gaza I know what you're doing mm-hmm. like, I know what you're doing and I'm not going anywhere, I'm going to stay here but you've got to be here with me, like get out of your head right. with all your tactics and your and your schemes yeah. and, and so it was so clear to me that like I was the one bringing the drama and so it's it's calm here. Like our home is calm, you know, it's except for when it's not because he's maybe forgot to do something. I mean, really honestly, if the, <laughs> if my home is not calm, it's my fault. And yeah. I'm saying that on. Yeah. You know,
1: I've met him. I'm yeah, get-
3: saying. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> 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 yeah. Use the calm. He is really the calming center to my storm. The beauty is I can be a storm. Yeah. It's okay. And well, it's- that's
1: his nature. And your nature is not I mean, you're not. But and that's and, and the thing is, like, instead of fighting, I mean it it's it's welcoming that, that you're dynamic and that's the yeah. beauty, right?
3: Yeah. It it really is. It's being able to and, and I think it, it helps when you're both Having done the work, you're both committed to your yeah. personal growth. We're both Kundalini yogis. That was just an added plus. But to also recognize the stories we're both bringing in and how we're 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 look, a relationship is the perfect minefield of triggers, and it's just yeah. learning. You know, you know, we always say, "Don't waste a good trigger," right? And so we both are really <laughs> clear. on You should me I trigger you what's really coming up you know and yeah. where are we needing to change the old stories and and so we're, we're, we're rewriting it and, and and I feel really lucky to to be writing it with with this soul he's L'Oreel and one day you'll really, really yeah, like him.
0: <laughs> I know. I, 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 can't wait to meet both of you. You yeah.
3: know. You know. Same here. Oh. this has My been God. so great.
1: I can't believe we were able. I really feel like this is one of the better interviews because we were able, I think, to actually capture a, you know, huge span. Um. Oh, thank you. A lot. For okay. going to, um, you know, the really, really deep, dark places. Um, it's so it's early important. In the Oh, so no. so thank you! Thank
3: you for going there with me. It's better with friends.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, we'll tell everybody how to
1: find you on uh, on the intro. But, um, but thank you, thank you so much. Thanks.
3: Anxiety. oh my god girls really have a beautiful beautiful sunday laura i know you have a workshop today have mm-hmm. um, have a wonderful you're going to be a gift no doubt i want to take one of your workshops too i think you're you're, you're coming to california soon too right yeah, yeah we're yeah, gonna do
1: it together oh, yeah we're gonna do one together
3: yeah i would yeah. love that oh my gosh okay well we'll, we'll you'll, you'll fill me in on that okay we'll go get ready right <laughs> to your
1: workshop Holly, it's raining outside. It's Amazing. I know it didn't oh yesterday. It, it rained Friday and it rained today, but it didn't That's yesterday. That.
0: That's <laughs> that. God's movement. <amazing>. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Thank you so much. It
3: was such a Very really, deep. it was such an honor. It was such. I'm really humbled. Thank you for sharing this space you. with me. You guys are doing Thank such you. great work. So Later. are you, Okay. Happy girl. All right. Sending you lots Bye. of love. Hi.
2: Infinitely so You have been told these things before